and a beautiful afternoon from the gorgeous sunny Gold Coast in Queensland. Excuse the uh, the sweat on the sweater. I've just come back from the gym, and while I was down there, I had a little uh, message or an epiphany that comes to me from the source or wherever out there or here, um, and it told me to have a little yarn about um, uh, drug addiction and overcoming drug addiction. Well, I don't know if you do know, but if you've watched other stuff on YouTube, you'll know by now that I've had a big part of my life in addiction. Um, spent many years incarcerated through, uh, through heroin abuse and other form of dependencies. And in 1989, I, I hit a rehabilitation centre on the outskirts of Brisbane with no intentions whatsoever of changing. This was really left-field stuff, what happened to me. I, I believed I was okay in spite of spending, you know, nearly 10 years locked up, charged for a murder when I was 14, and uh, a, a chronic heroin user and uh, a, a chronic thief. Um, so thinking that I was okay, I just spent a, uh, just finished about uh, three years in the, the notorious Boggerade prison in uh, Woolloongabba there in Brisbane, which it's closed down now, thank God. Um, it, was, uh, it, it was a harsh environment and it was relentlessly cruel as far as the wardens were concerned and the system as a whole. So I, I finished this sentence and I had a hundred charges I had to uh, go back to court for, which uh, the, the Director of Public Prosecutions was struggling in respect to uh, jurisdiction problems. Uh, they were unsure if these charges should be heard in the District Court or the Supreme Court and they were bouncing between both mediums for, um, for three years. And uh, as I said, this, finish, uh, this sentence expired and I was going to go back under remand. Um, so I didn't want to go back under remand. So I went up to a, a so-called jail lawyer, which I've always found interesting, considering most of them uh, have spent a long time in jail with all their law books. And um, I said to this guy, I, I, I want to get out on bail. He said, bring me up your, your criminal history and let me have a look at it. Dean and I'll get back um, in touch with you. I said, no problem, good as gold. So the next day I, I dropped in my uh, criminal history to him and continued over to the mess and had some breakfast. And that afternoon when I was going back to the mess for dinner, he called me up to the uh, fence and he was rubbing his chin like this. Um, you, know, you know, Dean, there's a lot of father appears on this uh, criminal history here, the form, Dean. I said, yeah, 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 what's your point? Uh, mate, you know, I don't think there's going to be a court in this land that's going to give you bail. He said ginger ale, actually. And I looked at him uh, with dismay. Like, how dare him uh, talk to me in this way? 
And he said, have you got any uh, money in your prison property? That's an account that, um, in prison that the, um, that the corrective services hold and create. I said, uh, I think I got 20 cents in, in my property. He said, well, mate, you're going to need more than that. He, he said, uh, what about your par parents and uh, friends? I said, I've got no friends. Um, the only friends I've got are in here and they're all doing nick and I don't think many of them have got much of a, a, an earn in their kick. And he said, um, geez, you're making it hard for me. I said, get back to work. Get back into it. I don't want to hear this. You get back into it. You start working the problem and sort it out. I want bail. So, <laughs> he's rubbing his chin. So, um, I'll leave it with me, Dean, he said. I'll, uh, but I'm not promising you nothing. I said, just get into it, mate. I said, I don't want to hear this stuff. You just sort it out and get me bail. I'm not going to be happy if I don't get bail. Yeah, yeah, settle down, Dean, he said. So uh, the next day, going up for breakfast, he calls me back to the fence. He said, mate, I've been thinking about you. I said, oh, yeah, you, you, you poor bastard. He said, yeah, I know, eh? He said, you're a handful. He said, uh, mate, have you ever thought about uh, a drug rehabilitation centre? I said, don't swear at me. A drug rehabilitation centre. I said, are you fair dinkum? He said, well... There's one that's opened recently in Brown's Plains and I've got a couple other crims bailed there. I said, how dare you? I can't believe you said this to me. You get back to work and give me some good news and don't be stupid and talk about a drug rehabilitation centre. Seriously, what is wrong with you? Fucking drug rehabilitation centre. What's he on? So I go to the gym. I go for a run. Then I go back to the yard and my mates and we're all pulling bongs. We've just got an ounce of pot in on a visit. And um, I looked around the jail. I thought, eh, you know, three years in this poxy place. Look at how miserable it is. Looking at the screws and the towels with the guns on them. Looking at the screws overlooking the, uh, look, looking after us in the yard, sitting out the front. I thought if I got to this rehabilitation centre, I could run away, go back to Melbourne. So I go back up and, and see him going over for lunch. I said, do that application. So he does the application and I go to court and the judge said, well, uh, so you want to go to a rehabilitation centre, son, on bail? I said, yeah. He said, well, nothing else has uh, worked for you, has it, up until now? He said, you're nearly a habitual uh, criminal. All this jail you've done and your criminal record is appalling. I said, yeah, I know. He said, but other than that, he said, you, you dress well. He said, you're looking good today. I said, thanks, Your Honour. Uh, you know, I got a rap from the judge. We had the nice mocker on. And um, so he gives me bail and, and I get to this centre and there, oh, it was the worst place I've ever been and they're confronting me on my attitude and my behaviour and they're saying I've got problems. I'm going, 
fucking problems. I said, you've got problems, I'm good as gold. There's nothing wrong with me. Fucking problems, wake up to yourself. I've got no problems, I use a bit of heroin, I, I, I do some robberies, I'm, I'm doing my best. I said, doesn't everybody like do this? No, 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 not everybody does this. You're a very sick individual, Dean. Ah, oh, fuck, sick individual, wake up for yourself. Um, you, you got a problem? I said, my only problem is, is that I use heroin. Heroin's my problem. No, no, it's not, Dean. No, no, no. Her heroin is not your problem. You're the problem. Wake up for yourself. Problems. The sooner I get out of this place, the better, I was thinking. Anyway, this confrontation went on and on and on and on and on and on. Sun up to sun down and finally one day I just friggin' cracked. I had so much pressure built up me. I couldn't deal with the pressure. I couldn't bash them because I was organising to knock the, 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 uh, the minivan off with a couple of other blokes to go back to Melbourne. Um, but, you know, that, that didn't come into fruition at, at this point in stage. But anyway, you know, I couldn't bash them. I couldn't attack them. Uh, because if I did that, there was a cardinal rule. I'd be sent back to jail. So it's pressure. It's pressure. It's pressure. And I'm not releasing it. And they wouldn't have let me go to the gym. How dare them? I went off my head when they said I couldn't train. Because that used to be a good thing I used to do to release pressure and energy. No, they wanted me to, to deal with all this stuff that I, I couldn't deal with. And it was pressure. And one day I broke and I cracked and I went off my freaking head. Oh, punching trees, throwing, um, throwing shovels into paddocks throwing picks in the paddocks, um, kicking cars, um, and I broke down and I cried, and I cried and cried and cried and cried and cried. And I cried for about four hours, and after it, I felt really good, I felt really light, I, I had to sleep. And I woke up, um, I slept for over 24 hours, and the next day I woke up, I was feeling really light on my feet. From all the, all the emotion that had got out of me from the outburst. And uh, one of my peers said, um, how are you feeling, Dan? I said, light. No, I'm feeling good. I'm not even feeling self-conscious. I'm not even thinking what people are thinking of me. He said, welcome to vulnerability. I said, if this is vulnerability, I'm never going to leave it. And that was it. And I started applying myself to the program. And I realized everything they were saying to me was true. And I was marrying everything up. The reason for this was this and the reason for this was this and the reason this happened was because of this and the reason I was angry was because of this and the reason I didn't like myself was because of this and I was given all these reasons and reasons and, and why I didn't like myself and, and all my problems and all the reasoning and, and it freed me, it freed me, it got it all off my chest and I felt better every time I was talking but they taught me to own my problems and take responsibility for myself and never blame people for my feelings and my thoughts and my behaviour. So it was all about reason and reason and reason and this is why and this is why it was all, I was rationalising everything. But I had to go through that process of rationalising everything. So I went from a person that didn't believe at all that I needed help to a person that got to a rehabilitation centre and was in complete denial that 
I had any problems because of the way I was conducting myself in my life, I was wrong again. That was twice I was wrong. And then I went into all this rationale and therapy and cognitive thinking and, and I just went full on with it. I went, I went mad with it. I just keep, I kept going to counsellors, I've seen psychologists, or I had to go back to jail for all those charges. The judge gave me three years. I went back to court to face all those charges that I had to go up on uh, and he, he slowed me for three years so I had to go back into jail. I'd already changed, sincerely changed and took responsibility for myself. I seen that it was me, the, the reason why I, uh, I was living the life I was living and I had to go back to jail and all the crims had known me from how I used to be and they're saying, come on blue, you're sick and touch me on the head and saying, you got a flu. You know, you're not going up, you're not going for bail now, Blue, you can come back to us, you know, you, you know, act like this, Blue, when you go up for parole. Um, they were calling me the compound counsellor, and um, I, I, I seek help when I got back there, I thought, how am I going to get through this, how am I going to deal with my feelings, you know, all these people knew me as the person I was prior to going to this rehab, and now I was changed, and then I go to Blue, but then I said, ah, who cares about them? I'm done with all them anyway. I'm done with that life. So I got through and I kept going. I went back to the rehab and I kept dealing with all these internal problems that I had. And there was so many of them, so many of them. And as soon as I was going to blame everybody for, for it, I, I'd, I'd blame sometimes and I'd, then I'd pull myself up uh, and then I'd talk about how hurt I was or I'd talk about how upset I was. I'd talk about how scared I was, I'd talk about all my fears, all my inadequacies, about my parents, about my family, about the relationships, and then I had all these goals, and I knew for all this openness that I had become that I was going to be a multi-millionaire because I was so open and transparent, and I was talking about everything, and when I left rehab, after I went back there, after I got out of jail, I started smoking dope at night. And, uh, and then I'd, I'd stop smoking dope and then I'd smoke, start smoking dope again. And, and as, as the years rolled on, I, I started drinking red wine and, and then I'd start having speed on the weekend and, and that rolled on and rolled on. And, and I was always smoking dope and going off it and always had other addictions like porn addictions and prostitute addictions during that. And, and I was always questioning it and stopping it and going, you know, help me. And you know, I don't want to do this anymore. But I wasn't going to the extremes I used to go, you know. And I was very wealthy. I become extremely wealthy. So I had a lot of money. Um, so I had the freedom to do what I want. And I, I believe I got blessed, you know, with, with all this. And I had a fantastic life financially. And I still have. And um, But, you know, it, it's taken... It's taken since rehab, all, all my uh, addictions through my life since, say, 1991 till, um, till, till about a, a year ago where, where I stopped everything. And, um, oh, my, my God, the clarity that I've got today from, from not stopping anything. I, I don't even have any struggles in my mind. I, I don't have any voices in my head anymore. You know, when I was using pot going on and off and other dependencies, 
I was split myself because there was a part of me that didn't want to do it. But I was, it wasn't my time, you know. It wasn't my time to stop things at that point and stage. But now, you know, I, I'm really in, in, in the spirit and I'm really just in me. And one thing I've learned all the way through this, I remember when I used to take speed sometimes and I'd sit there and I'd ask myself the question, why do I feel so good and so high and I feel so great like this? Why can't I be like this without it? And, and what I've realised over the last year is that I couldn't handle myself. I couldn't handle my feelings. I couldn't. I couldn't handle the spirit. And that's what I've realised now. Uh, and, and that's the message I've got to tell people. Um, you know, with drug addiction, you can be in denial, you can rationalise it. And you need all that stuff that I talked about. You need it all. You need it all to get to here, you know. Um, well, anyway, this is for me anyway. And, and now I can finally handle the spirit. I can finally handle it. I can handle not wanting to get out of it. I can handle being connected to the world, to the community, to people. There's, there's no separation in me. There's no separation. All those years in jail, it created a big separation in me that I struggled with for years and years and years. It took me years to get over that. Um, but there's no separation whatsoever. So I'm just in one pure spirit. And you can get to this. You can get to this through, uh, through drug recovery. You can get to a point where you don't rationalise things anymore. You can get to a point where you talk about all your feelings and all your problems and, and come out of that. But you've got to take responsibility for yourself. I, I really believe that. You've got to take responsibility in, in drug recovery to do that, to arrive at the next level. And I believe this is the next level of ultimate freedom where you, I don't need anything. I don't, I, I don't want anything to to disrespect this, this, uh, this energy. It is so, it's so important and it's so special. The energy that runs through all of this is just uniquely, enormously beautiful. Um, you know, if, if you want the best in life, well, that spirit is the best. And that's what gives you that energy to want the best. Or if you want love, that spirit gives you that energy for love. Or if you want, or if you're affectionate, or, or you know, you want a beautiful, uh, if you feel like you want beautiful partners, well, that energy gives you those feelings for that. It doesn't come from you. It comes from the energy source that's here. Um, and everybody's plugged into it. You, you think it comes from you, but it doesn't. It's like air. You know, you don't own air. It's not yours. So when you want things in life, or when you, you know, when you struggle, it's probably because you don't realise that um, you're not really plugged into the energy source to understand it, that it's not yours. And as soon as you, you try and own it and attach yourself to it, it doesn't like it. It, 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 it kind of doesn't work that way. It, it works when you can understand that it's, it's universal. It's absolutely universal. 
and if the timing's right, you'll be able to fall into it. But anything that you want or even in struggle, it's, it's going against that. And my advice is get to know this energy. Really, that is paramount, I believe, to get to know the energy source that operates you. It's like petrol. You can't run a car without petrol. You can't run this without this energy. The energy, you can, that's just an analogy, it's like petrol. You, you, you can't, and, and it's real, you need it. Like when we die, this will be here, but that energy will go out of it. But somebody else has still got the energy in them, and the energy's still here, and the air's still here, and the trees are still here, and everything is still here. So that energy um, is accessible one day. Keep talking about your problems all the time. It's really important in, in drug recovery. Um, it, you know, it's really important to rationalise and, and, and articulate where your problems come from and why they happen. Um, you know, that's essential to get to this level. But there is another level after that. And um, the, it's um, I just, you know, I hope that, you know, people in recovery can... Um, can understand that, um, and and have and have hope and and be optimistic that one day they won't have uh, all the voices in their head if they keep talking about them. One day they will get over their past problems if you keep talking about them and not blaming people. Talk about your feelings all the time. Get feeling charts off uh, the internet and identify your feelings and say, I feel hurt. I feel frustrated. I feel sad. I feel pain, I feel abused, I feel like a victim, whatever it is, but keep talking and keep talking and keep talking. You should be talking 700 words a day. That's a known fact. They've actually, they've actually done studies on that and they've measured it. People, you know, everybody's busy inside. Even people that aren't in recovery, everybody's busy. And the more you talk, the more free you get. You have a great day. And um, as I said, there's hope in, uh, in, in overcoming anything that you want. Just believe that that source is, is, is taking you. And uh, that's the thing that's controlling you. Uh, just remember all the times in your life where things have happened out of your control. That's the source. Fall into that. Fall into that more because we have no control at the end of the day. It's an illusion to think we have control or we're creating our life. We're not. We're just plugged in here like everybody else. You take care.